Hello, and welcome to another episode of a German and an Aussie reviewer movie. And it was my choice this week. And the movie that I chose is the animated film Elemental, which has just come out and still in cinemas here in Australia. So I guess we both chose children's movies over the last two weeks, but everyone their own way. I took a nerdy Dungeons and Dragons movie and you took a animated kind of a kid's movie, I guess. It was a strange one, this one, I felt. It was a kid's movie, but a love story more than anything else. The visuals of it were very childlike, but the content was a little bit not mature because it wasn't mature but it wasn't really aimed at kids i thought now gregor has recently moved into a flat in copenhagen another flat when he sent me the photo i said gee it looks a bit small and then he said but that's good because of the heating situation you know with the cold european winters being an australian now i live in a three bedroom two bathroom two lounge room place and i think it's a bit small Because all Aussies just want the biggest house they can possibly get. You know, like that's the plan. It had never occurred to me that heating would be a problem. Europe just didn't occur to me at all. Yeah, I think in Australia our place now would be hell because we have a lot of windows and are very sun exposed. So uh, we would be like a fried chicken in Australia. But here in Denmark, it's, for example, raining at the moment and we are in the middle of July. You are very thankful for every light that you can get. Yeah, I'm missing the the ranch and the backyard with the kangaroos jumping through. I, I was walking the other night, part of my fitness campaign, and because I work from home, I wander off it when I can to get away from like looking at the screen. You're becoming the Michelle Obama of our podcast, Geraldo, with his fitness <laughs> Impressive. I'm not radical enough, I think. Um, But I wandered off and I literally wandered around the corner. It was dark and there was like about five kangaroos just right in front of me, just eating the grass. Because you've got to be a bit careful because they can have a go at if you startle them. Yeah, they can have a start a boxing match, right? Start a boxing, like that great YouTube video of the guy punching a kangaroo in the face after it's trying to attack you. Yeah, it was really strange. So I crossed over the road and they just kept looking at me and I kept looking at them and... Then they just went back to eating and then they hopped away. So, and I have a kookaburra that comes every morning and sits on the clothesline and oh. makes his wow sort of sound. Yeah, it's really different from living in the middle of Sydney, that's for sure. Yeah, I remember um, my flatmate and a former Sydney flatmate. She shall be anonymous here, but <laughs> she always hated the birds in Australia because they were uh, yelling the crap out of us in the in the morning. It was always a very Australian experience. But I, I like that even in Sydney, uh, where we lived in Pedo, I felt like you were waking up in the middle of the jungle, at least for European standards. Uh, I do quite miss that here. Here, the only thing you hear is maybe a drunk person uh, yelling on the street. Well, I'm actually a little bit sore today because, Greg, I've been going to Zumba classes. So there we go. So you can have the vision of me shaking all around the gym on the Zumba Club. Wow, it, you really are Geraldo 2.0, I guess. I've decided to do some of the classes at the local gym, which is around the corner, because basically I just sit at my desk all day. And even if you go for a walk or anything, you don't move in a different way. And at least if you've got something like Zumba, as embarrassing as it is, You're actually moving your body in different directions and moving your head and everything like because I do so much editing. I just do repetitious movements all day. And, you know, you should have seen me, Gregor. I've almost got the routine to bad bitch down pat. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So so I guess soon we have to talk about Step Up or how all the dance movies called. Remember the Julia Stiles dance movies of the early 2000s? Save the Last Dance or something. Save the Last Dance, of course. Yes. Where she dances with that guy in the nightclub scene. You can do get your back into it that's 
Have you actually watched that recently? It's so bad. Like, she can't dance at all. And he's not much better. I've not seen it since 20 years, I think. Uh, maybe I should watch a highlight reel on YouTube. Not sure I can go through the whole movie. It goes for me in the same role, like, remember the Coyote Ugly? Uh, movie? Oh, Coyote Ugly, yeah. Coyote Ugly, sorry. Excuse my European pronunciation. Yes, Coyote Ugly, exactly. Yeah, it was a little bit of a boom of these dance movies in the early 2000s, so uh, the after the mart where they're trying to copy the dirty dancing success, I guess. Yeah, but back yeah. to Elemental. Now, for those who don't know, Elemental is a Pixar movie. It goes for an hour and 41 minutes, and I was reading about it. It's been a big failure for the studio. I was a bit surprised to read that. It's lost quite a lot of money. So here's the twist. I read about that as well, but it's uh, becoming kind of a sleeper hit. It's now increasing even turnover numbers for the in the fourth weekend that it's out in the US, and it's crossed over 100 million. So it seems to be like a slow taker, which is a bit surprising for me because it's a solid movie, but I wouldn't have expected that people run into it and uh, say like, you must watch that movie, but... Oh, okay. Well, I haven't read that up, but I'll look that up afterwards. Now, I actually went to the cinema to see this. There was a family with four kids that had obviously seen it before and the kids, had, you know, whenever something happened, they'd go, this is the part where they get on the motorbike. <laughs> so the kids had obviously seen it the second time, so it was quite cute. Maybe a lot uh, of people do watch it twice. Maybe a lot of kids. I don't know. Oh, I think, you know, kids love those repetitious things like Frozen. They play them a million times. and you know, Maybe a quick summary of the plot. Okay, Gregor, you take it away, take it away. Yeah, this is going to be a very deep, very thorough summary. As you might not expect from the title, it takes place basically in a city that is uh, inhabited by elementals. So there's water, there's fire, there's earth, and there's the air. And uh, yeah, it's basically a story about immigration and slash love story. So there's a fire. The girl is called Amber, and then there's water, and the guy is called uh, Wait Ripple. Yeah, fire and water can't be together. They find each other and go through some kind of adventures. While in the background, there's a bit of an immigration story with, um, not a bit, it's actually a big part. With Amber, the fire girls, or the fire people are resembling the maybe Asian immigrants, we were guessing, maybe Hispanics, maybe a mix of everything. And well, the they guy are... who actually directed it is a Korean guy, and it's and he's yeah. a and it's based on his well partly based on his experiences coming to the USA. That but I always got the impression because of the fire thing that it was like you know sort of Mexican. I just thought assumed it was initially until I read that because it was all you know all the food was hot and everything was hot and they all had she had a temper problem and it was all fiery and. Makes you wonder where the stereotypes go, huh? Maybe that's clever. Because, of course, I was assuming it a little bit as well before I started questioning my stereotypes a bit. And I think it's on purpose that you you can't really tone it down to one ethnicity because I feel there are also like elements from even like like island um, people, like uh, when they do this goodbye greeting and everything. Uh, yeah, what, what, what are your uh, thoughts about the movie? My thoughts on it, like, I thought it was visually really quite interesting. Like, I have done some 3D animation. For those who don't know, for those of you who don't know, I work in design, but in a very corporate way. But I have done some uh, 3D rendering animation. I made a small submarine submerge and then spin around in an ocean. <laughs> so, <laughs> while not quite as exciting as Elemental, I thought 
the animation was really interesting. And I thought of how they really did bring things, the elements to the different characters, like the main girl whose name's Ember, and she's based on like flame and fire. Everything was always rippled and there was, a, you know, like a slight sense of heat rising from her. And, you know, when you see heat rising and it sort of distorts things slightly around it. I found the water character, what was his name again? Wade. Wade Ripple. Yeah. I just found him really annoying because part of the joke about him is that he keeps crying all the time. I just thought that was just a bit annoying. I thought her character was more interesting. But I thought one of the interesting things about this, considering it's a Disney Pixar film, is there's no sidekicks. There's not like a little cat that talks or, you know, a Jiminy Cricket that's like a conscience or a a Shrek-type pony that's wisecracking. It's just literally the two main characters and I thought it was a little bit too long to maintain their story because all it was was her trying to do the right thing and things going wrong and then will they or won't they moments, a lot of those. But they didn't seem to have anybody to really, you know, to take the story in a different direction or to, you know, provide some insight. And often those sidekick characters are almost narrate the story a bit too. Like one of them will say, oh, don't do that. We shouldn't do this. You know, like they're like consciences and, and thoughts. Yep. and. They have different perspectives, whereas this was literally, it's almost, a, well, it is a love story. And I think younger kids might find it a bit boring too because it is very much a love story. But that even culminates with them having a kiss. You know, yeah, what's well, so old school in a, in a way I thought that when they kissed towards the end, I was a little bit like, oh yeah, they haven't kissed in the whole movie. Uh, the thing is, I am not very much into animation, I have to admit. Um, I really had to push myself to watch the movie, to be honest. But uh, I'm also glad you proposed it because it's uh, something out of my comfort zone and it's something different for me. I thought the overall story was not particularly engaging, particularly for kids. Um, It doesn't have a lot of adult humor in it either. It's not like Shrek. Something like Shrek hits a lot of levels. Yeah. Adults can enjoy it, kids can enjoy it. There's a lot of pop culture references. There were hardly any pop culture references in this one. But having said that, it is entertaining because it's visually interesting to look at. There was a woman behind me and I noticed when it finished, she turned to the person she was with and said, we should ask for our money back. <laughs> so not everybody enjoyed it. That's a bit rough, I would say. And also it- there's a couple of things I thought didn't really make sense in that basically because he's a water element and she's a fire element, they're never supposed to mix. But what about all the other elements that were all mixed together? You know, they, they go to a part of the town where all the other elements were living together. So like the earth elements were living together with the cloud elements and fire elements weren't allowed to mix. Like I thought that was a bit strange. I agree. I mean, why can't fire and air mix in the end? I mean, I get fire and earth that it's a bit of a fire hazard. I thought that was quite cleverly introduced in the beginning where the parents of Ember arrive uh, as young immigrants and it's hard for them to find a place to stay because everyone's kind of scared they're burning the house down because they're literally on fire all the time. <laughs> that was, that was yeah, quite clever. Look, it had some sort of socio-political overtones to it for sure. I, I think that that was the interesting part for me as an adult was a bit the immigration story. Look, I have the outside perspective only from animation was I was surprised how much it was for children in my eyes because it was just this boy meets girl love story most of the time like you say uh, i can't just repeat all the things you said but you put it together perfectly there are no side characters there's no big other plot around that um the movie also is relatively short for 
modern times, I would say, like a kind of a 90 minutes if you take away the credits. So I thought, yeah, it's a good kid story. However, I agree that it uh, was not a lot of meat around it and uh, you could feel like, okay, they could have even put it in a shorter amount of time. Also, if you've seen some romantic comedies and uh, everything, you felt like, okay, every kind of next step is super foreseeable. So I was like, yeah, it must be, it must be for kids, I guess, it must be for teenagers to just fall in love. I don't know. Did you feel like you wanted to fall in love, Geraldo, when you watched it? No. <laughs> Look, I thought there was a nice moment, you know, and it was quite sweet. I thought her character was quite strongly defined, but his wasn't. I yeah, he, I, I agree. He was too amiable and too nice. I totally agree that, uh, sorry, I thought it was good how they characterized the fire characters. I thought that was quite um, interesting and clever in, in many ways and with the hot food. And that, of course, yeah, as we said before, goes into a lot of maybe Southeast Asian cultures, um, Latin American cultures and so on. But the water characteristic were only was only kind of that they cry a lot. And also it had the obligatory, you know, extended chase scenes, which I, I think they're always just setting it up for a video game. Things like The Incredibles had loads of chase scenes. And I think, are oh, they just setting it up for the video game for that? Isn't that maybe also something that little kids like? Look, we are both childless, uh, only kids by heart speaking. But uh, as you mentioned, the kids in your cinema, they were like, oh, now she jumps on the motorcycle. Maybe that is also something that get, gets them engaged. Well, there's a lot of action in that sort of thing. Like, and, and when I was little, I used to love them. Like, I can remember seeing the first Disney film that I saw, a cartoon, was Peter Pan. I can still remember seeing it. And I saw Pinocchio oh. around about the same time. And I have to say, like, Pinocchio is absolutely terrifying. Have you actually seen it? Yeah, I, I remember um, Pinocchio really being quite frightened. disturbing and, and very uh, sad also, I remember, when he when he can't find Geppetto and Jesus Christ. That was a disturbing story. But it is, it's fitting that Peter Pan is your first uh, movie, because for me, you are the Peter Pan of uh, <laughs> Australia, keeping your youthful charm and refusing to grow up. Yeah, I, I was infatuated with Disney films when I was a kid. In fact, I'd probably say that between Disney and Hanna-Barbera, which was another 60s, 70s, 80s cartoon studio, they were probably the reasons I actually did become a designer. I can remember as well, I was quite little, I used to try and draw them. Oh. I think that's where it all started. Yeah, I think but, that's where we... Um... But back to this one, there's not really a lot to say about it. Um, I think if you've got kids, it's probably worth, you know, throwing it on when they're around. I think they might get a little bit bored by it, but there are some nice action set pieces. I can see why it's not a huge success. It lacks that, whatever that magic is that makes a Pixar film magic. It, I don't think it has it. I would agree. As I said, apparently it's becoming a bit of a sleeper hit. I mean, it is summer and I guess um, maybe a lot of kids want to see it in the end. Look, I'm not an animation expert, but one good one I forced myself onto and I really liked in the end was uh, Zootopia. Have you seen that Yeah, one? it's great. And in fact, I was reading a few reviews and people saying it's a rip-off of Zootopia, but I didn't think it was myself, but I could see why people thought it. To be honest, I wouldn't go as far and say rip-off, but for me it felt like a Zootopia is a more interesting, more clever, just a movie where it's more going on version of that one thing I have to say with uh, all me shitting on animated movies, 
always when I end up watching them, I feel like it's mostly a, a good experience. So maybe I can give that out there to people who are animation skeptic adults like me. Give these movies a try. I'd have to say one of my favorites is Madagascar. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And I still like it. Sometimes when I'm flicking watching, you know, like free-to-air TV, I'm, it comes on and I do watch a bit of it. I always am pretty entertained. And also some of the old school Disney ones, like 101 Dalmatians. The one thing that they used to have in a lot of Disney films is they actually have quite frightening scenes yeah. for children, particularly the early ones from the 50s, yeah. 60s, 70s, even earlier. But they've taken a lot of that out now. I think kids get into the frightening scenes like Cruella de Vil and, you know, wanting to cut, you know, kill all the puppies. And like they're quite frightening concepts. Yeah. You know, they would I... never bring out a kid's film now about an evil woman that wanted to skin puppies. Like that just wouldn't do it. In a way, some of those earlier ones were quite experimental. I mean, it should change. I miss that they don't put frightening things in kids' movies anymore because I think a lot of kids like it. I think kids like that sensation of being scared but being safe. Yeah, I'm not always sure. I, In hindsight, I always wonder, holy shit, why were so many 90s animation movies so fucked up? Because I remember, like, the Jungle Book, I was very scared in some scenes. Lion King, they just killed the father. I remember I went and my mom was actually, I think, covering my eyes in that scene. And uh, I remember that it was disturbing for kids. And it's like, yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm not sure as, I don't know, like a six-year-old or something, you can already uh, enjoy the sensation of being scared, but being safe in on that level of like your dad dying, basically. I don't know. For me, these Disney adults are always a bit weird. Are you a Disney adult, Geraldo? Would you would you go to Disneyland no, in your? I have been to Disneyland as an adult. I know what you mean, those Disney adults and stuff. It's not. And the thing is, when you go to Disneyland, it's freaking expensive, man. Like yeah, I remember right. you know, going probably about oh, six years ago, and you know to get into like half the park was like three hundred US two hundred and fifty US dollars. And yeah. when you went to get food, like I can remember paying going to you know like Donald's Burger Hut or something like that. And a burger and chips was something like $36 US dollars, which is about 50 Australian dollars. You know what I mean? Like for a burger and chips. Like it was, yeah. the prices are just out of control. I was reading a few things too that Disney's losing a lot of profits and the parks are going down. And that's partly the economy and all that sort of stuff. But I do think there is a ceiling on the prices they can charge for these things where people just go, I just don't want to pay that. Yeah. You've got, like, say, a family of five, and it's like 250 bucks a ticket. That's like, it's only a thousand, it's over a thousand dollars. You know, like, that's a lot of money. I mean, I know they had deals and family bonuses and all that sort of stuff, but it's still not a cheap thing. Have you been to Disney World or Disneyland? Yeah, in Paris. Yeah, let's say one time. It's very American. And uh, I remember when I was spent a semester studying in California, when, when I asked Americans, what, so what, what are the top things I should do in California? A lot of them, really. Most of them, I think, their number one was going to Disneyland. And I was like, wow, okay. That's just another culture, how to spend your free time. I went to Orlando to visit some friends of our family. And the whole family and all the relatives had year passes. <laughs> they could go as much as possible. And I thought that was real. You know, everybody had them. Like the kids had them, the adults had them, the teenagers had them. And I was a bit, why would you want a year pass? You know what I mean? It'd be like living in Sydney and having a yearly pass to Taronga Zoo. You're only going to go once every five years or something like Yes, yeah, there a big uh, amusement park culture in Australia, would you say? I think because I was there during COVID, I couldn't really grasp that at all. Like, we, we were living in Sydney, so there's only really Lunar Park, which is like an old school amusement park. Like, it's just, you know, Ferris wheels and the, you know, like a small big dipper and 
they're all up in the Gold Coast. So there's Dream World and Movie World. And I actually went to the opening of Movie World, and that's where I stood next to Clint Eastwood. There we go. It was Mel Gibson, I thought. Yes, Mel Gibson as well. He was there too. This is oh, sorry, I, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yes, I know. I'm I'm mingling with the stars. <laughs> well, this is like 20 years ago. It was actually more than that, probably about 30 years ago. But anyway, back to the movie. I, as a Sterner rating, I'd give it like three Sterner out of five. To be honest, I would give it the same. I don't know. I think if you're a child, and I know we have many child listeners, Beepu, Papu, Hoopity, Weepity, to all the kids out there, um, you can give it maybe five, a uh, four out of five. But yeah, three out of five sounds good. Yes. Um, and Gregor, if you had to say what element you think I would be, which one do you think I would be? I think you would be Earth. When we lived together, I, I came with my uh, fiery complaints about. <laughs> Un- untidy apartment <laughs> and so on and you're you're just the chillest guy you're like the guy working in the government there um putting in the letters into the different boxes in the beginning of the movie <laughs> same shape same shape too. what do you think well, i would be i'd say you're a cross between fire and water because you're quite fiery but you're also a bit of a softy and a bit of a salt best of both worlds and this has been a relatively short review because you know it's a pretty simple movie in a kid's movie so there's not a lot to say so we might have a quick chat about what we'd like to review next. I did see Insidious Red Door is on at my local cinema, so I could go and see that. What do you think of that one? I like that, uh, Jared, there's like huge amount of blockbusters out at the moment and you pick Insidious Red Door. That is the one I would have expected at least. I mean, we we like horror movies, but so at the moment there's out Indiana Jones, then the Mission Impossible movie. Oh, I want to see that. Barbie is coming out and the new Christopher Nolan uh, movie. Oppenheimer, about invention of, of the nuclear bomb. But I want to watch the Mission Impossible one, so maybe we can agree on that one. That should be <laughs> fucking Tom Cruise <laughs> killing yeah, himself. Yeah, I'll go and say it, for sure. I'm excited to see how uh, Tom Cruise tries to get into Scientology heaven. I guess <laughs> they, will be, they will be reborn as, uh, as Tom Cruise again. I guess this is the highest Scientology level you can reach. Well, thank you for tuning in to this one. We'll have a bit of a debate about what we're going to see and hopefully we'll see Mission Impossible. Take care. Bye-bye.